How are we doing guys? Welcome to Fitter Food Radio. This is episode 134 and it's me, Matt Whitmore, with Keris Marsden once again. Bonjour. Bonjour, Keris. Como tutopel? <laughs> no, that's, that is what you, is that yeah. what's your name? Yeah. Jumabel Keris. All right. <laughs> tu <akelage? laughs> I think you got that the wrong way around. Isn't it accalage et tu? I don't know. Why are we speaking French? I'm just back from France. And I've realised that actually I can't remember much of my French at all. And no. I now speak a very weird hybrid of French, Spanish and Portuguese with some bits of Italian numbers thrown in because I used to be able to count very well in Italian. Just getting them all mixed up. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. I know. And then... Well, how did you get by? What happens is <laughs> so you, after saying hello in three different languages to someone because you keep forgetting. So, well, I suppose if you say them all, they're, oh, bound, they're bound to understand one of them. <laughs> They look at you really bemused and then you just end up speaking English slowly with lots of different random intonations like, can I have a water? <laughs> yeah. Just like, yeah, I don't even recognise myself. Do you have a banana? <laughs> like, mint tea was the worst because I was like, I don't even know where to go with mint tea because I'd never used to drink it when I was learning French at school. So I was like looking at menus going, tea? <laughs> mint tea. <laughs> you know, and it's like mint tea. <laughs> so you learn it in one language and then, yeah. It's like a slightly different word yeah yeah French is a funny one though because I'm always quite big on trying to learn the language of the country that I'm going to albeit very little but enough to be able to like order a coffee and you know all the important stuff like a mark of respect I think yeah but interestingly France was the only place where I felt very uncomfortable trying because a lot of the times it would be met with like a smirk or a little giggle and it was almost a bit like all oh, right well I'm trying here yeah you know and I do try you know I don't just go oh bonjour brav <laughs> yeah yeah you... boo coffees civil <laughs> <laughs> plain <laughs> sounded like Eric Trotter then yeah you do <laughs> you know I do try like with the accent and the proper pronunciation Whereas, like, I found that whenever we go to Portugal or we've been in Spain, people are quite accommodating to, like, oh, almost like, oh, bless him, he's trying. Yeah, yeah. Whereas France was the only place that I felt a bit silly. Oh, really? And it kind of, it almost stopped me wanting to try because yeah, yeah. I was a bit like, oh, right, okay. It's going to be obviously different where you are, I think, in the, mm. in the different places. I think at the airport, they just get bored. I noticed that at the airport coming home, I was trying to say the right things and I think they just must get exhausted with it because mm. everyone's trying and it's just holding up cues <clears throat> essentially you're yeah, just so holding like, everyone yeah, right, up cool. <laughs> great you bought yourself a little book and you're making it that's fantastic but this cues 20 people deep and they got a flame to catch <laughs> when I went through passport control and I finished I went bonjour and then waved and then I was like no that's not right au revoir like I literally yeah. am now going hello goodbye <laughs> thank you please <laughs> see you later <laughs> yeah. so why were you in Chamonix? Why did you go off and leave me for four days all on my own? <laughs> so I was away doing some corporate work. I missed you, actually. Oh. I got really well, you stressed. you have to say that, don't you? I'm doing so good at the moment in terms of stress management. And I think I got really stressed on the way home because obviously you've just got this perception now that you're going home and you start looking forward to it. And there were just loads of problems on the way home, everything from delays to big faff with like hand luggage. Now hand luggage that, you know, they come along and say, oh, the hand luggage has got to go in the hold. So I was like, okay, so that's going to take even longer at the other end now waiting. Then mm. they charged me because I said, I'm not putting my laptop in the hold. No way. Because someone on our trip had lost their case, gone to another country. So I was like, no way am I putting my laptop in. Then they charged me 76 euros to take my laptop on because it counted as extra luggage Crazy. and then when you know you're just getting so I was like trying to do my whole like come on 
deal with this, like resilience yeah. and all this. But you're just like... The thing is, it's a bit bad, isn't it? Because we were saying this, it's, we always say, you know, take your solution-based mindset. Yeah. But in this case, it's like, well, there's no alternative. Yeah, yeah. You kind of feel like you're being strong-armed a little bit because it's like, well, I need to get on this plane. Yeah. So... I'm just going to have to take that 76 euros on the chin. And the person that does all this is just doing their job. But literally, I wanted to headbutt her. Like, I, know, I know, which is not me. And I was getting so annoyed with myself for the way I was behaving. Not just hit her. No. Headbutt her. <laughs> yeah. You animal. Because I was just so looking forward to coming home. And I'm like, does someone just want to give me a break at this point in time? Do you time? know what? Like, if I got a phone call to say, like, Mr. Whitmore... <laughs> Well, your girlfriend, Karis Marzen, has been arrested for yeah. headbutting an EasyJet member of staff. <laughs> I'd think it was a prank. Easy feck, I call them now. Yeah. Because, like I said, it was nice to miss you and then look forward mm. to coming home to see you. And, um, yeah, but the trip itself, I do, it's corporate nutrition work and it's businesses take their employees out there and they do lots of work on kind of mental health, resilience, how you behave, you know, in the workplace. And there's physical activities, there's lots of walking and then there's talks on, I do the nutrition. There's usually a bit of talking on sleep and things like that. And it's really nice. I've done a few now where, you know, I've traveled and done them, but I was really nervous about this one actually, because since I've been ill, I've not traveled, I've not flown mm. anywhere. And yeah. I knew I'd be in an environment where I wouldn't be able to control my food choices. I had told them you know luckily the food is quite healthy usually on these events as in like it's usually going to be something like fish and vegetables chicken and vegetables salads and it was but there's an element to which you're kind of a bit nervous because you're talking in front of big groups of people and I'm there on a work basis so it's not like I can just be like you know what's up in you and chilling yeah, out yeah. even though they're in the mountains you're coaching as you're walking as well so I was a bit nervous about it and I put some things in place in terms of took food with me and I kind of knew when I got there we're in the mountains, so this is an amazing place to go out and walk and breathe, do some yoga. I took a band with me and did a kind of band mobility session when I got there. So just put my self-care in place yeah. whilst working. And also went with the attitude of like, my attitude at the moment is kind of, if this goes boobs up, so what? Like it really is that. Mm. And it's just a sign that I'm not supposed to do this. And it's given me an immense sense of relief whenever I'm working anywhere. I'm like, if it goes boobs up, there's your sign. Boobs up. Got yeah, your gut's telling you you're just not meant to go there. So I'm kind of monitoring how I feel about a lot of things. And I genuinely do love this because it's a chance to coach people. Yeah. Um, Chamonix is an incredible place, I have to say. You've not been, have you? No, the photos looked amazing. You just, I mean, it's lovely. You're in this valley, obviously surrounded by mountains and you've got Mont Blanc and you've got the snow-capped mountains as well. So there's something about just being there, looking up and seeing all of that. One thing I noticed actually, and I chatted with a guy who lives there, is when I went to Germany into the forest to do some work over there, again, this was corporate nutrition, I couldn't believe the air when I got there. And I said to you, go out the taxi, and I was like, Christ, like this feels like air in Britain 30, 40 years ago. By the way, when was 1990? When was 1990? Yeah, 40 years, yeah. When was 1990? Quickly off the top of your head. How many years ago? How many years ago? Yeah, 29. Yeah. Oh, do you know, it's funny because whenever someone says 1990 I always think it's like 10 years ago or 20 years ago it was on the thing on Facebook the other yeah. day and it's not is it yeah no I've seen someone post that it says oh you know when I think of the 80s or whatever yeah, I think yeah. it's 20 years I ago I think it's 20 years ago yeah. I'm stuck in the millennium the millennium <laughs> literally <laughs> anyway digression there what was I saying oh yeah so the air in Germany in the middle of the forest was just something else and it reminded me of the air when I was growing up in the Peak District where mm. it was always so fresh and clean you go outside you know and you go oh god like fill your lungs and I haven't smelt that air even though we live in Kent Garden of England I've never felt that since mm. and I became aware of it when I went to gym and I was like god the air quality here is very different and I asked a few people why and they said hardly any air traffic here 
because of where it is and there's no motorways here and all this. I was like, oh, where gosh. was you in Germany? I can't remember exactly. I knew you were going to ask me. Cool. There was a centre parks in a lake. That's all right. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> anyway, because half the time with these events, I'm just kind of, I was definitely in work mode then. And I was just like, oh, I need to be at this airport and then I'm going to get in a taxi. Didn't even know that I was driving into another country. I did eventually. And then ended up in the forest in Germany. But with this one, the air was like fresh, but didn't feel as clean. And I asked one of the guys who lived there, I said, doesn't feel like I expected it to. I thought like mountain air would be like, you know, mm. I'd be like Tarzan at the top of there going, oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you do. I don't yeah. know. But he said they've got a big problem with in the valley now that about 70,000 people come to Chamonix in peak season. So there's a lot of tourists there, obviously, for the skiing and the paragliding is quite big there and there's a lot of mountain runs and stuff. And then he said they're all using log burners and mm. fires. And so he said that we've got a lot of pollution from the village, the towns now. Then there's the big motorways running through the Alps, you know, people kind of driving down to Italy and things like yeah. that. So he said we've got a lot more motorway pollution as well. And then because you're in a valley, it kind of almost like collects a little bit at the top, yeah. which is why sometimes it feels quite weirdly warm. And that must be also something to do with the weather. I don't know, like the warm winds coming in and getting trapped in the valley. Because sometimes a wind would come in and it'd be like you'd just been blasted with a hairdryer. It was really bizarre. Wow. And then he said the clouds can sort of cap it all in sometimes. So you can feel like the air doesn't f mm. feel that clean. One night when there was no clouds and you could see the stars, it looked incredible. But the air felt very different. Just a little bit on climate change there. And, and obviously there's a big concern that the glacier is melting at a quicker pace than it should do. Apparently anticipated. It's, yeah. So there's wow. kind of problems with that in terms of the skiing and the, you know. But yeah, it's interesting. But the place itself is interesting because it's just so many people from all around the world there. Mm. So obviously, fantastic place to be and uh, meet people. But yeah. And I was nervous because since being well hardly done any proper exercise, I haven't been for a run or anything. And so when they told me, they sent me the agenda and said, it's a six hour walk up the mountains. I just thought, oh my goodness, like I've not done six hours of cardiovascular plus walking up, not a mountain as in we weren't going up Mont Blanc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like I kind of had in mind three things. But there was a pretty decent incline. We did Yorkshire Three Peaks and I had in mind it's going to be something like that. But it wasn't Because if you're taking people who may have no background in walking, yeah. like as in corporate yeah. individuals who've not trained. No, it was similar. Like you weren't on your hands and knees at any point, but you were climbing, scrambling on rocks. And well, I said to you, didn't I? Like before you went and you was a bit like, oh gosh, you know, I don't know what I'm going to be like. And I was like, you've just kind of got to have faith in the foundation that you've built over the years. Yeah, yeah. You know, and don't focus on what you haven't been doing. And just kind of have a bit of faith on your... Strong foundations, but also your mental capacity. Because a big part of it is that, is, that, yeah, is getting yeah. your head around it, you know. Like, in fact, you know, you could argue that that's the bigger part of it. Well, do you know, it's interesting because the whole event is really based on that kind of like, obviously improving your kind of mental well-being, mm. but then your physical well-being, your nutrition. That's what the whole energy of the event is about that they do. And I think for me, I kind of realised that actually the amount of, just it sounds silly, but like walking the dog for a couple of hours every single day, just how much of a kind of foundation you build mm. for low level cardiovascular work. But again, a bit of strength training meant my legs were able to withstand the kind of endurance element to it. But my yoga meant that the next day some people were in absolute agony and I was like, oh no. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Like calves on fire. And I was like, oh no, because the yoga means that you, if you think about walking on a hill, your calves get a pretty hefty hit and then coming down, it's kind of more on your knees and hips because you're constantly like flexing the knees forward but this is where a lot of the yoga work I do is about stability of knees and ankles and then stretching out my calves and things like that so I was like actually all this has paid off but mm. I haven't trained for this event this is yeah. what I do 
on a regular basis, a couple of yoga sessions, a couple of strength, and I walk the dog a lot. Very interesting, the guide who took us up there, the French guy who's fantastic, and I've just got to tell you a quick story about him because it's very inspirational. I think he was some kind of genius because he invented a laser beam. He was telling us that he had a very successful job in Marseille, one of five people working on this laser beam, which was going to change the world. I never quite got to the bottom of what the laser beam ended up doing. Well, I was going to say. <laughs> that was part two of the conversation. I wasn't there for that. But he ended up he said, I just had this moment where I realized that I have lots of money, I have everything that I want, but my body doesn't feel happy because he grew up in Chamonix. So he grew up in the mountains and he's like, I never move. I'm never outside. I'm never breathing properly. I'm never where I want to be. And he gave it all up and he moved back to Chamonix with his family. And he said, now I'm not rich in my pocket. I'm so rich in my heart. And, oh. this, and this is my office. And that's nice. so he's like in the middle of a mountainside. So he's a great guy, but he also got into doing the Alp Marathon. So he did like 100 mile races where you run through the night. So obviously, wow. I think he switched from the office to physical activity. It's almost like one extreme to the other. Yeah. But then he said that my knees are now telling me no more. So he's now into paragliding and walking. But going up the hill, he very much paces. You actually got told off for walking. Guess who got told off for walking too fast? You. Yeah. <laughs> so, and not just me, like there was a few other people who were just, we were just powering up the hill. Cause I get very much like, let's just get up to the top. Like, come on, <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's not drag this out. Cause I find it harder to be slower Yeah, yeah. and see how far we've got to go. Cause you could almost see parts where I was like, we've got a long way to go. Let's just get this done. Let's get that view. So it made me realize I'm one of those people that is a bit like, get to the finish line. It's like, right, this is a challenge. Yeah, kind of. But Let's also, around. I can't appreciate the journey as much as I probably <clears throat> should do. Yeah. And he kept pulling me back and going, we need to walk at this pace because we are going to be out for hours. Yeah. And weirdly, as slow as it felt, is that the reason that I did not feel a single adverse symptom or anything? I didn't get dizzy, didn't get tired, didn't feel my heart rate going nuts or anything. And on the scrambling side of it, we did rock scrambling in Mohonk, didn't we, in event yeah. there? And we loved it because you're just, you're always thinking about where your next yeah, yeah. foot is going to be and things like that. So I love the kind of mental side of it as well. But yeah, it was just interesting that the kind of slow and steady was what won the race in the end. So there you go. As they say, slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, yeah basically. It's a really interesting experience because one of the people I met there was a sleep coach. We got on really well. And obviously me and you know the importance of sleep now and sleep routine. We do. But there's an element to sleeping that she really emphasised, which I've never thought about as much. And she talked about the fact that everything you think in the day influences the depth and quality of your sleep. Mm -hmm. But she also talked about the fact that saying to yourself, like if you're busy, and this is one thing I do, like go to bed thinking about what you need to do the next yeah. day. And you can have a pen and pad on the bedside table and write it down so you're not on your phone and things that we've come up with. We've said this to clients and to our membership group. But she was actually saying... Really, when you go to bed, if you focused more on the quality of sleep and having a good night's sleep rather than tomorrow, a lot of answers come to you in your dreams mm. because you've really shut down your mind and brilliant solutions can come to you. Whereas if you go to bed thinking about problems and then you'll dream about the problems most likely as well and yeah, have a disturbed yeah. sleep. So it was kind of one thing that she really emphasized was think about as your day comes to an end, having this kind of finite line that you draw and cut off and say, yeah. That was day, this is night. And then the night time is more about focusing on having good quality sleep and really understanding your relationship with sleep and how it is so important. But the more that you worry about whether you're going to have a good night's sleep, the more you will have probably yeah. bad night's sleep. Yeah, of course. So yeah. You can start to control the quality of your sleep by actually going, I'm really looking forward to going to bed. I'm looking forward to reading my book. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to... You know, I feel like that. You do that. this stuff though, don't you? You're I'm, very I'm, much... I'm digging my book right now. Yeah. 
But you don't go to bed with all of your problems and you don't go back on your phone. You're very good with all that kind of stuff. And she was saying how important that was. It's not kind of, you can't take the phone to bed, list all the things you need to do, turn it off and then think that, you know, it's okay because I've still got an hour. It's almost like draw that line at six o'clock. Yeah. And from six o'clock onwards is about kind of looking after yourself and creating like the right environment for sleep. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be, you know, a kind of, oh, we've got candles lit and I'm lavender oil and I'm taking loads of magnesium. It doesn't have to be sleep orientated. What you've kind of got to get used to doing is at that cutoff point, leave the day behind. Yeah. And so do all your to-do list at six o'clock, put things in place. I was going to say, because that's quite a big one for me, is almost like, because I write my to-do list for the week and I kind of give myself a this on Monday, that on Tuesday and so on. Yeah. Because I know my schedule, I know where I am and I know what tasks are more likely to be done on those days. But then I don't always get through my to-do list or sometimes I do some another day's task on a different day yeah because it kind of ties in with something i'm doing i'm like actually if i do that now i could do that quite quickly yeah so for me i quite like at the end of my day and you you see me in here sometimes just before like dinner yeah and i'll be like right tick 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 i've done that on another day i didn't do that today so i'll move that to this day yeah yeah because then that makes me feel like i have been like proactive in saying well no drama i didn't do that today but it's cool yeah because i did another task early yeah yeah and i'll shift this to another day yeah and then I fold my little book over, put it back in my bag. And it's done. And I'm like, I'm done now. Yeah. I've achieved something today. Yeah. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. I can just leave it be. Yeah. Whereas before I'd be like, oh my God, I haven't done this. I haven't done that. Yeah. Why did I do another day's task today yeah, when yeah. I should have left it for that day? I should have done this one instead. And I'd give myself a hard time. Yeah. And I'd guilt trip myself and be like, oh, you didn't work hard enough. You yeah, weren't proactive yeah. enough. But then... What does that solve? Because it's now later in the day. You want to just chill and have your dinner and get a decent night's kit. Yeah. So you're not making things any easier for yourself. Whereas now when, I know it sounds tough, but I'm a very old school person. I like the physical. I like a book. I like a pen and paper. I still have a normal diary. I don't have one on my phone or anything like that. But it's almost like there's something about closing that book. Yeah. And goes in my bag. I'm like, it's done. Yeah. I'm cool with that. I'm going into chill mode now to get a decent night's sleep. I should be a sleep coach. It's easy. <laughs> you would be a good sleep coach. <laughs> well, I think the other side of the like, point of it was that even if you're doing it on your phone, like emailing yourself a to-do list, I think one thing that's become clear to me is that I definitely need the phone then to be in another room as yeah. I'll go back. And so with some of my clients who actually work for themselves, I've often said, have a pen and paper in the lounge when you're watching TV. So you could just jot something down rather than run back and get your phone. Because sometimes, it like just for me, a random client email will pop into my head that I've not replied to. And I think, oh gosh, it is really important that I get back to that email. So it can help to have like the pen and paper. But what she was saying was don't start taking all this to bed. Mm. So by the time you're actually in bed, you should be just thinking about anything like, you know, like reading a book or something creative and you shouldn't be on Amazon shopping. And like we know all these things anyway, because then you're in the future again. You're like, oh, I want something to look forward to. I want to do this. And one of my favorite things to do in bed, which I'm going to stop now, was go on randomly, right move. And I actually said this you know, to a lot of people that I was walking in, I was like, I find right move addictive because it's about kind of looking at <laughs> other possible places to live. It's yeah. almost like going into the future, but it's kind mm. of a very, it's a dopamine kind of driven 
thing to do something yeah. to look forward to something to look forward to like could I live somewhere different you know could yeah. I live the grass is greener I do that I sometimes look at cars I can't afford yeah, yeah. Which like, is, oh this is great fun yeah. oh look there's another car I can't afford <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but one day I might be able to so it's all and good. you could argue that it's like motivating and inspiring but I think it should be done in the morning then I yeah. don't know I think at night I think listening to her I was like she's right it should be we were read stories as kids we were read Roald Dahl yeah. we were nurtured to feel safe and to let melatonin come up like serotonin is your feel good content you know brain chemical that's the precursor to melatonin yeah so it should be about happiness and contentment it shouldn't be about what more could i have in life you know and i think yeah, yeah. so little behaviors like that that we've often said don't do but now i'm a bit like actually i really am starting to understand why it's so important to think about mindfulness creativity and stories and escape and those types of things and yoga and breathing are phenomenal and i would say with the digestive issues that I experienced, one of the worst things was sometimes at night, they would just, especially if I kind of went to bed stressed or worried, they were always worse. And then you're kind of on your own at night. And, mm. and I always, then I got into a habit of dreading that I would wake up feeling nauseous or wake up with like gastritis and it'd be kind of lonely in the middle of the night, you know, got no one to <laughs> tell. Like, yeah. And one thing that's been transformational for me is to do kind of diaphragmatic breathing. So, you know, I breathe really deeply before I'm going to bed and it helps in terms mm. of like if I can start to feel myself even getting a bit anxious or even nauseous because sometimes you can't control when your last meal is and that has quite an impact on me at the moment but I get into bed and I do that deep breathing but she also said even coaching yourself you can virtually rock yourself to sleep with your thoughts yeah yeah with your breathing your thoughts the conversations you're having and you can start to say like you can almost sing if you wanted to like go to sleep sing yourself a lullaby whatever it might be but breathing does that for me so I don't think I need to like start rocking myself to sleep but that emotional side for your sleep is just as important as the epsom salts bath or the magnesium or reading your book or turning the lights down like and i've been a definite one for oh i can turn the lights down definitely and i can take magnesium definitely and yeah you know can't always read i have to say because my mind's too busy sometimes so sometimes i'm reading like magazines and stuff instead but what i'm not that good at is that kind of i'm not actually in sleep mode mentally but that's the biggest thing isn't it like and i've always said this it's all well and good people saying oh you know here's what you should be doing before bed but if you are someone a bit like you who is a natural worrier yeah yeah and for some reason you leave all your worrying to the end of the bloody day <laughs> like i don't understand <laughs> like i'll be here in like proper chill mode like on the sofa and we've had dinner we're watching telly and then you just go off that's a good observation actually i don't know what it is and i'm just like and i always say to him like, bloody you pick your times don't you i think it's an energy thing because when i'm tired i feel more defeatist when i'm tired so i think it's an energy thing and i think it's an overwhelm thing by the end of the day and it's because yeah. i've not probably not given myself enough breaks time out rest you need your book yeah so then you can close your book and be so it's both it's there in the physical sense. Yeah. But see it as that mental closing the book as well. What I like about what you've just said there, that kind of closure of the book, is it's almost like on a grander scale, you're closing your contact with the world. Because that is also something that I'm not very good at because I feel I could just do those emails, answer some questions in mm -hmm. our Facebook group, those types of things. But I almost do need to start seeing it as like close the day, close the book, mm -hmm. close your contact as well. The other thing I'm quite bad at, I've mentioned this before, is I'll then go on WhatsApp to, con like, this is mainly friends and family and people I really care about. 
But before you know it, like that has started to make me feel a bit nauseous. It's something I've noticed, especially when I'm tired. And yeah. I've wondered if it was like an eyesight thing because my eyes are like, where you just stop looking at stuff. Like you've been on a screen all day, you've yeah. been like working, reading. And part of me was like, is this an eyesight thing or is it a fatigue thing? But I just don't think you're supposed to be on a screen focusing and tapping away. And when you're no. having more written conversations with people now, I think it's just affecting us in different ways. Someone else mentioned to me recently that they felt technology was making them feel quite nauseous and sick. And I mm. thought, well, it's funny you say that. I'm noticing that. Like, But it's only at night when I'm like just pushing the boundaries a little bit. But here's something that's really interesting. So we should just probably devote this to a very short podcast on sleep, really. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and she was also saying, the sleep coach on this course, that traditionally go back to kind of like hunter-gatherer times men and women didn't sleep together so women slept with the children and men slept alone and maybe they were like guarding the front of the cave or something and it was only i think she said victorian times where men invited the women into the bedroom because they wanted to have more sex essentially so and that it's not actually that natural to share a bed Mm. with somebody and Lots of people on the course were talking about sleep disturbances and saying children, partners, snoring, all these types of things. And I said about you and your sleep jolts that you have, where it's like having an earthquake going on. (laughs) It's like even an aftershock because you're so big. And how, again, we've ended up having lots of nights where we say, let's sleep in separate beds. One, because you're up at four o'clock, but your sleep jolts will stop me falling asleep. And then you get up really early. So it's really affecting my sleep. And I made this point and said that often we sleep in separate bedrooms. Well, we pretty much always. I can't remember the last time. Since summer, when we came back, we've been yeah. in separate rooms. But she <clears> said... It was Even when we... If we stay in somewhere in a hotel, we book a twin... Twin bed. <laughs> twin bed. We, yeah. But we still have, like, intimate time. We should probably make that clear. Because this is what she said. It was a good idea. She said, it's a really good idea. She said, I don't know why people think that they're going through these periods of sleep deprivation... And then they're still in the mm. same bed because the intimacy side can happen at any point, any time. She actually said, again, prior to a kind of Monday society is intimacy was often done in the day. Because uh, for of course, one, all right for some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not always going to be like convenient or physically an option. You might not be with your partner in the day. But last thing at night apparently works for men, doesn't work for women. That was very interesting, I thought. Women can be wired by that process and men are really? relaxed by it. So actually having <clears> intimacy as in sex late at night, is not always helpful for women. Might be why women reject it at that time. And then she was just saying that the intimacy can happen anytime and you can make time for that. But the actual sleep side of things, why not have separate beds? Why not go into separate rooms? Why not relay responsibility with childcare? And it made me laugh because I thought about the dog with us. We sometimes say, you have the dog because I want a good night's sleep. And he like rustles around and stuff and wakes you. Yeah, it could be a bit of a pain. But if you think about the way that people are getting angry at each other about that process like waking each other up and going you're keeping me awake type thing it creates conflicts as well yeah because yeah, you, you wake me up to tell me that I'm keeping you up yeah and I'm like well now we're both awake I know. so it's punishment yeah <laughs> if I can't sleep you ain't sleeping yeah, basically. <laughs> but no but to be fair like we were talking about this this morning like because we've for so long now we've slept in separate rooms it's like the norm yeah yeah you yeah. know what I mean and and to be fair, like, I don't know. I kind of feel like oh, it's my room now. It's no longer the spare room. It's my room. <laughs> um, but it could even be that we talked about when we travel and I've said, I think I'm going to start taking like a couple of duvets. And I've said to you, like, I would probably rather sleep on a floor knowing that I could just be still yeah. and breathe and you're not going to disturb me. Because part of me not falling asleep would be he's going to jolt in a minute. He's going to wake me up in a minute. 
Do you know what? Like, I literally, yeah, yeah, now yeah. I realised I was having that dialogue. So I couldn't fall asleep because I was waiting for you to do your sleep jolts, which would then come. And then I would be yeah. like, Jesus, like, you've woke me up now, you know. But yeah. part of the time, it's because I'm sleeping so lightly. I'm not slipping into my mm. deep sleep. But like you say, it's the anticipation, isn't it? Like, you're almost like, oh, he's going he's gonna to jolt in a minute. Yeah, basically. Or start snoring or, mm. you know, new Darth Vader breathing, whatever you do. So I think it's like, if you set up in that environment. And the other thing I said was, you know, if you're a light sleeper, there's a good chance... It's a lot about what you're doing in the day. So mm. light sleepers generally tend to be more anxious people, warriors. Yeah. But obviously caffeine makes that worse. And being in strange environments, strange beds will probably but have That's that the impact. vicious cycle, isn't it? Because if you are knackered... You want to want the You want caffeine a the stimulant. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, quick, get me a coffee. But then maybe that needs to start with the sleep routine, the sleep conversation, the coaxing yourself to sleep, training mm. yourself to sleep, get that closure on your day get deeper sleep and then you can drop out the caffeine because well I, i'm not gonna lie i love my coffee you know that most people do but i got to the point where i was like oh, i'm drinking too much here yeah and i went down to well i've started doing a couple of caffeine free days so i'll normally do like two days back to back of no caffeine and i'll just stick to herbal teas or decaf coffee yeah so yeah and then now i'm kind of one to two caffeinated beverages a day probably a little bit more at weekends yeah because in my head i suppose oh it's a bit of a treat yeah but i'm definitely sleeping better yeah 100 percent. and again it's that when you can actually make that connection you're more inclined to keep doing it because you're yeah. like oh that actually feels really good yeah yeah and I'm, I'm sleeping better and i'm feeling more alert in the mornings and you're like yeah i'm gonna keep this up in fact, one thing she said that was very interesting was that you should really focus on waking at the same time. I've always kind of, whenever I talk about sleep with anyone, I say, try and keep the same sleep routine. Like go to bed at the yeah. same time, wake up at the same time. But it is hard because obviously at the weekend, many people want to adapt that. But she actually said waking at the same time every day was more important than going to bed and actually trying to make up the difference in things like naps if you need to, mm. but don't sleep binge because that really yeah. I mean, it is basically you're jet lagging the body. And especially yeah. like... The 90 minutes before you wake up, your body is almost like prepping to wake up. So if you keep switching that, your body doesn't really know whether to go into another sleep cycle or whether to start waking you up yeah. because you've confused it so much. So you'd be better if you get up at five in the week, get up at five at the weekend. How cool is that though? Like, there's, I love getting up early at the weekend because no one's around and it's like... Brilliant. And it makes it feel like a really long day. It does. And it's then brilliant. if anything, adapt when you go to bed. But if you went to bed later at the weekends, maybe have an afternoon nap or something like that yeah. to catch up. And there'd be no reason why you couldn't even, I know we don't have children, but you might even want to train children to be like, we're going to have afternoon naps and things like that together, you know, mm. as a family. But Good luck yeah, with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if you've been out since five in the morning on like, True. you've been trampolining, you've been to the park, True. you've like, literally knacker them out and then go, now we're going to have an afternoon nap, watch Harry Potter and then fall asleep. Yeah. I don't know. I only say that because that's basically my dream. Between now and Christmas, I want to watch all the Harry Potter movies on a Sunday afternoon. And that's why I've mentioned Harry Potter <laughs> randomly. But I thought that was really interesting. And again, something that I could definitely adapt with, yeah. like making sure I'm getting up at the same time every day. There was something else I was going to say. But yeah, I think when it comes to the sleep side of things, if you are sleeping in separate rooms, it doesn't have to be every night, but maybe just if you're noticing it's becoming a problem and it's really affecting, the thing is it affects your personality, your mood, your mm. people can think they've got depression and they've got sleep deprivation it affects your memory your interpretation of everything from body language to facial expressions you make more mistakes you don't drive as well like we could go on forever listing why it's yeah. so important memory all this type of thing like i said 
So I think, but people allow it to go on for such prolonged periods of time, don't they? And keep reiterating the problems that they're suffering from, which many could be resolved with better sleep. Yeah, absolutely. And I've often said to friends who have kids, why are you not doing sleep relays where one of you Mm. gets a good night then the other one takes over the night shift or something? I just, I know I would make you do that. And I know you would volunteer to do that. So I don't even need to make you. Yeah, because you hear about that a lot, don't you? Where it's almost like responsibility of that is just with the mum yeah 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 like and and it's tough because you know if for example it's a you know quite a lot of my clients are stay-at-home mums so they're a bit like oh it's not fair on him because you know he needs to get up and then go to work all day it's like yeah but you're not sat home having a jolly like you know like it's you're very busy yeah you know at home so it can just be like the occasional time as well it's nothing all the time and i think like you just said, if someone's had chronic sleep deprivation for which you end up seeing months and years, mm. then it's time that somebody comes in and helps you yeah. with that process. Yeah, yeah. And again, you get that closure. There are things that we could all be doing that we don't do. And it yeah. is about making the kind of association of action and outcome. If you're on your phone now, you're going to have rubbish sleep. If you're drinking alcohol late at night, you're going to have rubbish sleep. If you're caffeine, same. Even eating late. Lots of clients say to me, you have no option in that but sometimes there is because what you can do is make your last meal your lightest meal Mm. you can make different choices make sure it's a cooked meal it's digested a lot easier yeah yeah. gonna it's easier when you go to sleep you know you could skip it every now and then see what the benefit of that is you work a couple of times if you have to and just improve your sleep at that point in time it's serving you you know but i think like there's a lot of low-hanging fruit that people could do in terms of improving their sleep routine with the classics being reduce caffeine and push it towards an earlier window of the day yeah try and make your living room or wherever you spend your evening your evening as relaxing as possible yeah which we do don't we we've got like a in our fireplace instead of an actual fire we've just got a load of candles we like those what's interesting about that is you are much more on that process than me yeah you come in here and you light the candles and you do the room spray and then you put the fairy lights on and love it (laughs) Love it, honestly. And I just walk in and go, this is amazing. It is lovely. And it's then nice. you start harping on about your to-do list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you're, you're ruining the vibe here, Keris. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> I decided, I think we need a water feature because one of the other things that was lovely. Oh, like the sound of water. Yeah. yeah, we went on this walk and we sat and in this little village and someone had a water feature in their garden, a little fountain. And I remember just thinking, even the sound of water is just yeah. really, obviously we're just, you know, just part of nature inside maybe. A water feature in the living room, what a quick old thing. I don't think so. It's probably not very good for the environment, though, is it? I'm sure it would be. Why not? Because they're electric, aren't they, if you're going to have them inside? I suppose so, yeah. Off some way. But anyway. Um, but do you know what's interesting as well, speaking of like sleep routines, is whilst you were away, I was actually going to bed really early. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you know that I get up earlier than you, so yeah. it kind of makes sense that I want to go to bed earlier than you. But a lot of the time, like, I feel an obligation to stay up because I feel like... It's an opportunity for us to spend time together. Yeah, yeah. And I have that dilemma of, oh, I could really actually do going to sleep. Yeah, yeah. But I'm a bit like, well, no, no, I should stay up a bit longer because Keris is up, she's not gone to bed and and whatnot. But actually, while she were away, I was like, this is hilarious. Rather than it being you away and me kind of going out and yeah. doing all of that, I was like, oh, it's eight o'clock, off to bed I go. <laughs> <laughs> Nana Matt. <laughs> Nana Matt. That's, that's Keris's nickname for me. <laughs> but 
<laughs> okay, and another easy win then. Like having been away and listening to this coach, you really inspired me. I was like, I do need to be probably doing what you're doing because I like getting up early as well. Yeah. I do feel, we talked about, are you a night owl or a morning lark? And I think I might be a slight night owl-ish and you've made me such a morning lark as being a personal trainer also did with me. Mm. But I do like it and I want to keep that. So I've shifted it, I think, a little bit, but I'll never be like you in the morning where you're just like, oh... I'm definitely not you. There'll yeah. always be. I'm always slightly groggier, quieter, a bit like we have to talk yet. No, but what's that coffee cup? It went kind of viral on Facebook and whatnot. It's like a clear cup, yeah, and there was a line on it, and obviously where your coffee was, and the top line was like, "Don't talk to me." <laughs> line a bit low was like, "Yeah, still don't talk to me." <laughs> Next line was like almost there, and then like when it was kind of like near the bottom of the cup, it was like, "Okay, let's talk or whatever." Totally. Why is that even a caffeine thing? That I'm just a bit like, we just don't need to talk at this point in time. Yeah. yeah. But another thing that someone else mentioned when we were away was we woke up the next day and someone said, oh, it's really hot. I'm in the top room. It's boiling. I didn't sleep very well. And I said, did you open your window when you got to your room? Because we had a break before dinner. And the first thing I did was open my window. And interestingly, so did the sleep coach. And she was like, yeah, me too. And he was like, Never even thought of that because he's not thinking about once you're kind of engaged in like how good sleep can be. Mm. And for me, a, a real one is open the window. Right. And I love like, even if I can hear, sometimes I like falling asleep to the sound of rain. Sometimes I have to have earplugs because I'm like, actually planes are really loud tonight and dogs are barking and stuff like that. But just having the window open makes quite a big difference. Yeah. To me. I really prefer that. But before you go to bed, so the room is cool by the time you're falling asleep, which yeah. is some well, people go to bed and they're like, right, now I'm going to turn the lights down. Now I'm going to open the window, you know, and it's almost like you're still now rushing to get your sleep routine in place. Because we actually now, we, about an hour or more before bed, we open our bedroom windows. Yeah. Don't we? Well, and the thing is, we did this as a team, so we've got two bedrooms now. Yeah. But I'll sometimes forget and I've come up and you've done it. Yeah. So again, it is about everyone being on board yeah. with this routine and doing it together. So your room's already cool yeah. and then all the candles are lit in the living room, you know, and so it's just a very nice, cosy space. Yeah. And then we'll often like brush our teeth a bit earlier. So then it's like right now we can just go and kind of like chill in the sanctuary of calm. And this isn't why we do it, by the way, because we don't eat after we finish our dinner now, but... That used what? to be a diet. We don't trick. eat after and, we finish no, no. our dinner. And then we don't go back and eat more food later right. on, do we? We're no. not, We have our dinner, we have our dessert, and then we stop eating. But I was about to say that was that used to be a dietist trick, brush your teeth. So you can't eat again, So you, yeah. so you, well, you can. Stop eating, you can, <laughs> but yeah. The idea is it won't taste very nice. Yeah, and you know, so I've got to brush my teeth again. But it might be a benefit to you if you find yourself late night snacking. Yeah. If you're in your pyjamas, you brush your teeth. We're in a habit now, we, we cut off, don't we? We never go back mm. really for food no, anymore. But no. that's also because... We're going to bed earlier, so we're a bit like, I don't want to be lying there yeah. full and bloated and digesting my food. So. But we normally brush our teeth early, so then you know you can just go straight just to bed. chill then. You, and then when it's time to go to bed, just blow the candles out, turn the telly off or whatever. Yeah. And then just go and get into bed with your book for yeah. a little bit before. I also found as out. well after dinner, I mentioned this before, I think on the, one of the previous podcasts, sometimes after dinner, I've liked a quick nighttime walk as an end to yeah. my day. Yeah. So just stop me going back to work, to stop me going back into work mode. And the nighttime walk, especially when we've had clear nights with stars and, and stuff. what's quite nice is like around where we are, like there's not loads of street lamps. No, no. So it's still, it's quite a dark walk. I can yeah. still see where you're going. There yeah, are some yeah. bits where we actually do need a torch. Yeah. But even that's just quite relaxing. Yeah. And it's, it is like, but it's like closing your day. Yeah, I yeah. Think, and stopping you from kind of staying in work mode or busy or, and it's mindful. But I think what was really interesting was lots of people 
were asking about, you know, what can I do supplement wise? And I do think things like magnesium is really helpful. And I've used things like theanine sometimes as well. If you're a little bit kind of anxious of mind, it can help calm you down. But I think the environment is way more effective. And I also think the breathing and the internal environment, which is adapting your thought processes as the day closes, I think can be one of the most powerful things Mm. you're doing. I think it's where I've really had an insufficiency and no amount of magnesium, magnesium can knock you out, but then you'll probably have to get off for a poo because you talk too much. Yeah. (laughs) It's a laxative. (laughs) But yeah. And there was lots of talk about melatonin, which we've used melatonin before as well, haven't we? And and CBD oil, we've tried all things like that. Again, if we've, or we're having a busy period, what can we have to help us like calm our mind down and sleep at night? But actually I do think for me, some of the things that kind of really fall into place is the routine and the hygiene, but actually doing it earlier. Mm. And then it's all kind of, by the time you're coming to bed, the hour and a half before you go to bed is probably the most important in terms of determining the quality and quantity of sleep that you get. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, because going back to the brushing the teeth thing, there are sometimes like you get to the end of the night and you're like, oh my God, I really can't be bothered. I mean, I always do. I'm quite anal about teeth brushing. But if you do it early, it's like, it's done. Then you can chill for a bit. And I then tend to like do my flossing whilst we're watching something yeah, yeah. so it's almost like you're kind of doing it without even really thinking about yeah, it yeah, yeah. you know and it's like and then it's done so you go to bed knowing like hey teeth are done flossed yeah, yeah, yeah. everything's great even having like the flossers in the lounge in a cupboard do you know what i mean so it's almost like it's part it's there yeah, ready yeah. because i've also noticed having my blue blocking glasses in the kitchen so that i put them on after dinner yeah. otherwise having them on the bedside table i never put them on so then I started to put them on top of the... Well, see, because mine are on the bedside table, my window in my room... You'll go and get them there. then, yeah. So when I open the, the window, cube, I put the glasses on. Put the glasses on. on, yeah. But just on the subject, and this is a really nice lead into our next podcast. So I think I've pretty much said everything on Sleep of You. Cotton bedding and cotton clothing or no clothing else, I think is quite important. In bed, you mean? So you're not sweating, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not in general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, when you go to work, obviously. Yeah. No, but I think those things are really important, like having skin exposed mm. and things like that I think that's everything i would suggest. yeah but zinc is probably one of the supplements i think some people sometimes benefit from can be helpful if you're low in zinc you can have some sleep issues but the other thing that was mentioned was snoring and this leads in really nicely to our next podcast that we're going to cover because one of the problems with snoring is what why do people snore not always but it can be a breathing problem so people have right. like nasal drilling and stuff don't they to yeah. resolve it but what is the biggest contributor to most people snoring don't know, you tell me. Being overweight. Really? Yeah. So in that sense... Uh, I see why that will link on to the next one now. Yeah. Okay. So our next podcast that we're going to talk about is basically, is honesty the best policy yeah. with your loved ones and partner? about And in general as well, really. In general, but about body composition. As part of a much bigger, bigger picture. picture. Yeah. We've just had some people feedback to us about mm. discussions they've had about their body with their partners. And we thought this is a really interesting topic. We should do a podcast on it. Funny enough, th- just this morning, we went to the gym together because my mum's got Hamish at the minute. So we tend to go to the gym together, don't we? It's like a novelty, you know? Yeah, it is, it is a novelty. It really is. But we kind of got out, went and had a coffee. And then we just ended up like talking for about two hours, didn't we? Yeah, yeah exactly. Massively delaying the workout. But it was such a lovely start to the day. And it's times like that you just feel, you know, even more grateful, I guess, for what we do because it allows us to do that. Yeah, like, it was really, was really, really nice, and I felt like what was actually really nice was when I came back from. Obviously, I've been away in, uh, in Chamonix. When I came back, 
I wasn't in the best mood. I think I'd, after the whole delay. You was not. <laughs> so even though I was so looking forward to seeing you, I actually was not the best company when I got back. And I kind of knew, I was like, I think I'm just really tired now. I've had like three days of nonstop thinking and talking and I felt mentally exhausted and wanted yeah. an early night, which was mean for you because obviously like both of us wanted to catch up. Yeah. And then weirdly had eight and a half, not weirdly really, but had eight and a half hours sleep. And then we've just had the most amazing two hours of conversation. Yeah, it's lovely. But what was missing was just a bit of time for me to chill, reboot, yeah, restore, yeah. sleep, not talk for a while. And then I was back to my normal self hmm. even though I know that I couldn't see it at the time and I was just a bit like why am I being such a rat bag like I'm just so ratty yeah. there we go he was yeah <laughs> so it was nice to have a conversation yeah we made up for it yeah we did anyway but also this might be why people couples listening are like you know you can end up being bitches or you know like a, just yeah. a real get to each other because you're just yeah but I think it's natural in it you yeah. know it's like in a way it's part and parcel of being in a relationship is like as I know there are some things you say to me or I say to you that I don't mean and you know it's normally met quite quickly or followed by an apology yeah, yeah. I'm sorry like you know I didn't I'm just wound up about blah yeah, and that's yeah. why I said it but we've been together long enough to know that yeah you know we don't take it personal yeah you know I'll be like yeah Kerry's being a bit of a witch, but she, needs, she just needs more she just sleep. needs a kip. Yeah, she'll be all right tomorrow. Can I just make one final point? Which, no, which that's I absolutely the end of this episode. No, about sleep. This is really important about the sleep monitors. Yeah. We've always said this; they Do are not make... accurate because the only way to truly measure the depth and quality of your sleep is to kind of know brain waves and mm. like what the brain is doing. And all those apps are doing is looking at blood pressure and your heart rate, which is does change with the depth yeah. of sleep however it also changes depending on how fit you are what your yeah. immune system is doing if you're exhausted i've seen people who are exhausted have really low blood pressure and low heart rate they are not fit people and i've seen super fit people with low heart rate yeah. low blood pressure so it's not an accurate measure of that and it's not an accurate measure of the sleep either but also as well it's like people place so much trust in these stupid things I know. because like I don't need someone to tell me whether I had a decent night's kip or not. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Because I know by based on how I feel. Yeah. Yeah, we used to get people asking us all the time. They're like, oh, I felt really good when I woke up this morning. But then uh, according to my uh, Fitbit or iWatch or whatever, it says I had a really poor quality sleep and yeah, didn't have yeah. much deep sleep. It's like, yeah, but you feel great. So just yeah. go with that or flip that. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, I feel like terrible this morning. Yeah. But my watch thing saying that, I had a cracking night's sleep and you're just like well this is a, what this are you going to listen to the same thing that I suggest people do with digestion is when everyone starts overthinking the food and they will go oh I've got issues today I had almond butter at breakfast or I had this like often what they're saying to me I kind of go it's too quick for that to be affecting the part of the digestive system that's mm. affecting so this is either what you had last night or more likely the state of mind you're in when you consumed your breakfast this morning yeah yeah so actually keeping a diary and we often say like keep a symptom diary in nutritional therapy where you say like what was the symptom and let's have a look at what you ate and but also record state of mind how fast you ate what you were at work were you at home like a couple yeah. of things you know don't write an essay every day but some key factors that you think might be influencing your Got, and I would do the same for sleep because I've been experimenting with going to yoga late at night. It's not late at night. It's like a 6.45 class. Quite yeah, late for me. It's late for you. And once I went and had phenomenal sleep and once I went and had worse sleep and I can't work because I was like, is it really sensible to get your body temperature that high? And, yeah, then, saying, yeah. and it's interesting. The second time I showered, I did a cold shower, but it didn't seem to work for me. And the, the first time, this is really grim. I was so tired. I just fell into bed sweaty and thought I'll change my bed in the morning. Cool. But 
had a better it's night's good, sleep. It's a good job we sleep in separate rooms. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> What's that? Oh, it's you, you stink. Although you do tell me that my room smells like a teenage boy's it room. It does. It does. You have the dog in there as well, which doesn't yeah. help. So it's like man, dog and bow pit. Yeah. <laughs> Charming. But yeah. Charming. So I would say that. I would say if you kind of want to adapt and improve, maybe just keep a, a bit of a sleep diary. I'd probably do it in the morning as well. Don't do it at night. But then like you say, you know, don't... Overthink don't it. Don't overthink no, it. Because no. that's but part of the problem. But if you're going to put... You could... Do you know what? You don't even need the diary. Just change two or three key things and just gently assess you know, over a couple of weeks. Allow a couple of weeks. and if, uh, Gently assess. Gently assess. Like yeah, like be a bit intuitive about it. Don't overthink. Because I always think as well, the more we focus in on this, like, it's like I said to you, if you get into bed going, and we're going to have a good night's sleep or a bad night's sleep, I've done everything tonight. I've ticked off all my sleep routine. I've got the window opened. Yeah, yeah. Bad night's sleep. You know, you've got to be like a bit of Neanderthal man has to come in here and just be a bit like, ugh, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> bed. <laughs> but the same with when you was getting ready to go to Chamonix, you was already getting quite uptight about not being in control of your food. Yeah. So not only the food you could eat, what times you could eat, etc., etc. And I said to you, I was like, this is going to be the problem for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, like you're building it up before you're even there. Yeah. Like try to chill out and see it as a few days away yeah. in somewhere new, somewhere very picturesque, new people, etc. And it's interesting because when I was away, my gut did kick off. And yeah. I kind of knew, like equally I did say to you, I can't decide if it's like, because we were served basically like a lot of bread and cheese. And I was just like, oh God, all Sounds of this great. stuff. You would have loved can it. Can I come next time? Yeah, you can go instead <laughs> of me probably. And I just knew that's what it would be like. And I'd made a few dietary requests, but I was also conscious of, for some reason I was kind of, I decided to step back and not be that person that says I want to have all of these different things. And now I wish I actually had done because it did create that element of like uncertainty and I'm not going to know what's served. And I was like, oh, crikey. Like I said, there was just a lot of things. I know I yeah. probably aren't going to agree with my digestive system. Interestingly, a few other people commented that they were like, I wouldn't normally eat this much this late and I'm not feeling too great digestively. So part of me was like, do I feed back next time that we <laughs> like, we should eat early. That's the point. We're saying yeah. sleep routine. We're saying about nutrition. And then we're feeling it, it was a really like, nine ten o'clock at night still going on type yeah. thing because that's the kind of mediterranean way isn't it i suppose but what i did start to do is the second and third night it just meant that i would go to bed feeling discomfort and my gut would be kicking off is doing the deep breathing and in yoga you do something called a body scan where you when you were finishing the yoga session or starting it you just scan your body for like areas of tension and what i almost always identify is i'm clenching my gut like as in tensing it because i'm kind of like oh am i gonna you know, something's going to go wrong with it type thing. That's where I feel stress. But for some people, it might be their jaw. And for some people, it's their traps, their shoulders, or you get headaches from that as well. So when you're kind of lying in bed, like do your body scan. And there's actually kind of like, I think there's, you know, YouTube videos you can watch mm. that talk you through it. Really? So it's like, relax your feet, relax your calves, relax your ankles. If you go to a yoga class, just hear a teacher yeah. do it and you'll learn it. And it's, I always, mine is always jaw and gut. I'm yeah. always like, which is funny because it's kind of, they say some of this is like suppressed emotion or you haven't said what you thought. And yeah. that can be, that can be felt there. I just think it's where I've always held tension. So you can do that body scan and you can breathe. And they were the two things. So my first night was a bad night and my second and third wasn't great in terms of like, I went to bed feeling a bit bloated, but slept like a baby. So really interesting that I, and no. actually had to have like quite a lot of, I didn't have to have it, but the only thing we were served on the final night was like goat's cheese. And I was so hungry. We'd walk for so long. I was like, I just need to eat the cheese. And like I said, 
but I breathed and relaxed and I was like, I'm not always sure it's the food. I really, like, I agree with you on that point. It's the terrain that's really important. Yeah. But I kind of also was a bit like I'm in the middle of nowhere and I can't risk, you know, feeling sick tomorrow morning or nauseous yeah, or getting yeah, really yeah. bloated, like I've got to work. So I couldn't take that risk as well. So that was why it was a little bit of an unusual situation. But yeah, hopefully lots of tips there. I don't know. <laughs> but the thing is as well, like even if there's a load of stuff here that you've heard before, because we've spoken about sleep many times on the podcast, but we often say this, it's just nice to be reminded sometimes Yeah, yeah. because it is easy to forget. It is easy to fall back into bad habits, if you will, because we do it. But you also know. I think we are getting a little bit with health regimented. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying yeah. about like, I'm doing all this regimented stuff. Like I said, you know, take my magnesium, do this, do that, mm. open the window. They're good things to do. Don't get me wrong. But there was definitely like, I was missing this low hanging fruit of mm. like, close your frigging day off and mm. change your mindset and relax your body and actually look forward to good night's sleep and make sure that you're confident you're going to get a good night's sleep. Mm. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. But at least you went to bed anticipating that. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I go to bed thinking about tomorrow sometimes yeah. you know so that was just a big thing for me that I was like gosh I'm definitely I can make a real change there yeah and that's how it should be like you know like you say it's easy to get a bit carried away with these things and yeah. that in itself becomes a problem yeah yeah you know and it's just being able to change your mindset being able to adapt when things don't allow for you to be as regimented as you would like to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, for example, if you are traveling or something's come up with work or something's coming up with one of your kids and and whatnot, it's being able to just adapt and go, okay, well, it just spanner's been thrown in the works a little bit, but it's all good because I'm just going to adapt and then get back to normal tomorrow or whenever. Yeah, really. yeah. And that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Because when you do start freaking out, like, oh, no, yeah, can't do this, can't do that. And yeah, that goes yeah. for everything, like your nutrition, your exercise, sleep, whatever it may be. So... On that note, say toodle pip. Yeah. See you in episode 135. As Kara said, I hope this has helped in some shape or form. Even if you take one thing away, amazing, happy days. But if you ever got any questions at all, let us know. Info at fitterfood.com. Catch us on social media. And if you haven't already done so, leave us a review, would you? Yeah. We'd be forever grateful. Amazing. Good or bad, you know, we can take a bit of constructive criticism. As long as it is that, you know, yeah. don't be mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't be horrible about it. <laughs> but a bit of a yeah, constructive feedback. We're always happy to receive. So all topic requests. Yeah. In fact, actually, we did have a few requests lately of people asking for some QA based podcasts. Okay. So if you've got questions let's hear them and we could do that for sure yeah that's always good for a bit of variety there as well yeah definitely. so guys we will see you in episode 135 thank you very much for listening and we'll see you soon bye bye bye